Welcome to the Beyond Work radio show. So this is a bit of an experiment in whether or not I can chat to people about their working life and whether or not it'll be interesting to uh, the listener. I guess I'm obsessed a little bit with studying people at work and I think that the more we listen to people about their needs at work, the more we can do to support a more fulfilling life. And I run a couple of projects, one called Beyond Work, and I do a talk called Something About Work that has a whole bunch of questions in it to do with work. And so this show is going to be me and a guest talking around one of those questions that they've picked for the time it takes us to drink a coffee. So this week, the question has been picked by James Box. So James, can you tell me which question you've picked today? Yes, I have picked, is it important to love what we do? Okay. And when you were drawn to that question, what was, what was it that interested you? Well, I think there were, there were two or three questions which overlapped a little bit. When I, when I think about what I do and what other people do and whether I love that and whether they love it, I think it dances around the, the idea of purpose. So there's a, another question, I think, around does purpose matter? And it's something I've been thinking about a little bit. Mm. Um, and I think it also probably touches on the subject of fulfilment as well. So if, if work's fulfilling. So those stuck out to me as, as something that I might be able to bullshit about. <laughs> no, to add, you know, to have some kind of, um, yeah, maybe some interesting talks on it. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that the, I mean, I mention the word fulfilment and purpose a lot, and I always kind of am more keen on the word fulfilment purpose to me feels like a you know a phrase or a word that's used a lot these days by consultants and to to get people thinking about you know attaching a worth to what they're doing and sometimes i think it puts a lot of pressure on people and i think the bigger the organization the harder that is for that to happen whereas fulfillment to me feels like something that you can have that doesn't have to connect to the purpose of the organization um, so i'm always more kind of yeah, I guess I'm more keen on the, the word fulfilment. <clears throat> well, I think there's a heap of interesting stuff in that. I get the, the, the scepticism over the term purpose. You know, it's like, it's, it's the modern day mission statement in some ways. I think if, if I can put aside the, you know, the trademarked frameworks that people are using to try and discover purpose, I still think there's something interesting when you scratch away all that, all that crap. The way I think about purpose, I suppose, is... Imagine you're at a party, you don't know people. One of the first questions people always ask is, what do you do? And that's always, a, that's always a, just a nice icebreaker. But one of the really interesting questions to ask after that, and it normally puts people a little bit off kilter, is why do you do that? I've asked it a couple of times, and um, on both occasions, I think the, the, people I was, the people I was talking to were quite receptive to that. But it really did make them feel uneasy and, and, and it created a sort of pause in the conversation because it's not something people consider on a daily basis, I think. So I think when I'm talking about purpose in this case, I'm really trying to distinguish it from an organisational purpose, which I think has value as well. I'm almost distinguishing it from professional purpose. I just think there is, there is a thing or things that people can identify that are common to 
the things that they do which make them fulfilling for them. Yeah. So if, if you if you basically look back and take a small retrospective on some of the work you've done, some of the relationships you have, some of the adventures you have at weekends, you can normally find some things in there which are the reason you keep going back to them. And so the purpose for me is more like your personal purpose is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. If your personal purpose aligns with your professional purpose and your professional purpose aligns with the organisational purpose, if you work in an organisation, then I think you're in a lovely place. Yeah. I think that's probably pretty unusual. If I think about some of the people I've documented for Beyond Work, some of the people I've photographed and interviewed, a lot of those are people in worlds where the word purpose doesn't really mean that much to them. That it, you know, and, and maybe they would have heard it from like the company at some point, but they're kind of out on the road doing like work that, you know, is outdoors or whatever, and they maybe their lives don't touch the office that much. And so I, you know, I guess that's where some of my debate or questioning is around that word and how useful it is. And that part of me wants it to be useful for those people as well. You know, I want it, I want those people to benefit from that kind of thinking. Um, but I'm just not sure if at the moment if that is the case. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, if I would, I mean, you know, 20 years ago, maybe not quite so much, I worked in a call centre and I was, you know, I'd, let, I'd uh, basically paying off student debts. I can't really remember any uh, anything that I would relate to purpose being involved in that that, that job. It was it was a functional utility utilitarian act you know and maybe I found some interesting things in it and I'm under no illusion that for, for a lot of people this is actually not just a, um, a like a, an alien subject it's actually a sort of um, alienating subject mm, mm, you know it mm. can make people feel like you know why why would I consider this this is this is my means to an end and how could you know to, to even consider that during that that context i would would consider some of the bigger worldly things is is sort of odd and and i I can imagine trying to you know get me to think about my purpose when i was working in a call center would have had that effect yeah yeah and it's interesting thinking that is it is it worth wasting time and energy like making that happen or do we just accept that some jobs it doesn't actually matter there's always going to have to be work that's going to have to be done that you can't necessarily attach or force a purpose or a love or a care to whatever word you want to use to make it feel like more. Yeah, I, th I think so. But I think this is also why I tried to make the distinction between those three layers of purpose, organisational, professional and personal. So a personal purpose, if you like, the, the, the why, if you like, why you do these things. I think you have, there are a number of, of factors which play into that. And if you think about, and this is a bit of a crude analogy, but if you think about your your life as a series of opportunities, um, like financial opportunities, some of those things will be risky and some of those things will be safe and some of them will probably be in the middle somewhere. The idea is to have a bit of a balanced portfolio of things. And if you can have a balanced portfolio, I would say some of those things need to align with your purpose um, or why you do. And that, no, so that could be, you know, why well, I, I play football. Or because I, I, I only, my purpose is to find um, common ground with, with teammates or mm -hmm. like winning or I don't know, you know. Um, so I think 
it's important to distinguish the personal purpose from the professional purpose because in a lot of circumstances people won't find much of that purpose and fulfillment from purpose at their work <clears throat> but that's not to say you can't find degrees of it mm -hmm. if i go back to the call center thing i think I, I still think i was able to take some interesting aspects you know and and try and and even if it was to try and make the day go quicker yeah um yep. And, you know, it, I spent a lot of time helping people on the phone. So, you know, that had an element of, of fulfilment to it. Did you, and so, but those two other layers, so did you find fulfilment or purpose in your other bits of your life? At the time, I don't think, I mean, I, I think for most people, and and, it, and I, I think this is absolutely fine, this concept is, is something which you, is, is sort of a subconscious thing. You know, you're not really expressing it. Um, so explicitly, I probably didn't. I couldn't tell you that, well, I did, you know, I went traveling, so I found, mm -hmm. you know, fulfillment in that. But, but I think probably people know innately the things that, that make them tick, if you like. And yeah. I mean, if I, if I think back to like my late teens and early 20s, I would not have thought of the word purpose or fulfillment really as being connected to my work. Mm. But I did spend every waking moment like making music or yeah. DJing and, and, and learning this craft that was really important to me but it just didn't I wouldn't have thought about it in the same way that maybe I think about it now and like going back to the question that you picked um, about it being important to love what you do or to find purpose in your work and it just makes me think is there something we're missing when it comes to and this is this is probably a much deeper, longer conversation, but when, when we're educating our children and when we're bringing them up and, and they're going to school and university or whatever they're doing, is there something we're missing out on that means that it takes until you get to like your 30s or 40s to start thinking about purpose and fulfillment? Mm. That's a really good point. Um, and I'm a parent, so I should probably think about it. <clears throat> I think there's two things that I would, two responses I'd make to that. So the first one is sort of setting up. So I think, there's this idea that there's a single unifying purpose to everyone, which I think, yeah, maybe that exists. I don't know, maybe there is an essence if you strip everything back. And I don't really like that. I feel, I feel like your, your purpose can change and, and it, it's malleable and it can, it can respond to the context within which you exist. And people could find purpose in a call centre, living in a cave, being a you know, a counsellor, whatever. So I think, and I think it can be multifaceted. I think there can be several aspects to that. So it's, it's a complex thing. Question about the 30s and 40s being, is it, you know, is it that, is it only at that point in our lives? That's a really interesting one. I guess thinking about it in the educational context, which is something I can relate to having done three school runs this morning, is that I don't feel like there's a lot of, time for reflection built into education so it's it's quite a uh i mean that i've got to say the school that my kids go to I, I love what they do i think it's brilliant and education has come on so much since i was at school you know it's it's way better than it was and there's there's some interesting stuff around social skills and as well as academic um education but i don't i still don't think that you get 
the opportunity to reflect much on, on what you're learning about and what that means to you. And I think a, reflection is a skill or a muscle that people need to be able to flex and grow. And it's during those periods, actually, that people make these kind of discoveries. Some people would say, you know, kind of meditation or something gives you that. I'm, I'm not sure if that's really, I think that's a little bit more passive. Um, but reflection is is something I think needs to be sort of built into almost every activity you do because it's there that you learn from it. Yeah. And I think that's probably why people don't actually think about purpose until they have a midlife crisis. <laughs> and, you know, when you're young, like, I guess opportunity is is more uh, more around you. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's, that's my feeling is that... Mm-hmm your purpose or what you're trying to do is is in it's in some ways kind of latent implicit in what you do but it's only during periods of reflection that you can actually really understand that and make it explicit yeah yeah so uh, where do you find your purpose and so on a professional level where do you find yours the way i mean I, i still have no um clear articulation of what that purpose is or purposes porpoise um but I do I think I have looked at um things I've done professionally and I can distinguish between um I th- I heard this model from I can't remember his name now is it Michael Bungay Smith or someone but got the uh difference between great work good work and bad work have you heard that before no I thought it was quite a useful model so Bad work is the kind of work that no one likes doing. Bureaucracy doesn't add any value to the world. Good work is the stuff that we largely do all the time. You know, every day we do good work. Um, it's It adds value to the world. Um, you know you can do it well. Um, but great work is, is, is rarer. But it's when you um, start to challenge yourself to do new things. When you start to... Um, get that kind of flow state that people talk about and you add kind of exponential value to what you're doing so I the way I think about this is like I feel like most purposeful work I do is in when I've done great work and it's very rare I can't say that there is any single piece of work which was completely 100% great I have to pick elements of it yeah yeah so yeah I, I think I found a lot of fulfillment in mentoring trying to help steward or help someone become better at what they do i've also found well that, that's both on an individual level but at a team level uh, i really find it fulfilling to create a good shared understanding across a team so i have a sort of general principle that if we're going to sort of tackle problems in today's society they're so complex that you need to do that in a kind of collaborative way mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the time you just need to create shared understanding and good communication between teams and then you're enabling them to do it. And when I start to see that happen, I find that very fulfilling and I can sort of step back and just let it happen. I like invention. So that's, that feels quite sort of almost a little bit selfish, but I still enjoy the, the idea of creativity. And um, I think that's such a, uh, an important aspect to... To, to society but obviously it's really important to the job I do so inventing new things is just thrilling and so that that also is another an area I quite enjoy mm. and I mean now you've kind of given 
me and the listeners a bit of a foundation into what your work kind of is. What's your job title? Like, what is it you actually say you do? My job title is embarrassing. <laughs> Just <laughs> I, embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, embarrassing person. I, so I'm director of user experience design for an organisation called Clearleft, and we're a design product design consultancy, digital product design consultancy in Brighton. Mm-hmm. So I'm a designer, basically, and I practice a flavour of design called user experience design, which is, is really about trying to make products that are useful, uh, usable, and hopefully uh, fun to use shall we say mm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna end on one one final question for you what do you think the future holds for the work you're doing and i guess that kind of work so can you ask me the question again so what do i think the future holds for uh the discipline yeah yeah okay i mean i've been doing it for a long time but i don't necessarily feel qualified to answer this question on behalf of the industry <laughs> Um, we're sort of in the prediction business. You know, design is about trying to, I always think about making bets on the future. Hopefully small, lots of small bets, not big bets, but with long odds. Um, so I should be able to, I should be able to make some predictions here. Um, I think optimistically, I would like to think that, um, creativity becomes more accessible and democratised in the work that we do. Um, I think all organisations need to embrace it in some form or they stagnate. And so whether that's, you know, one fifth of their time being dedicated towards sort of innovation, um, which is one way to solve it, or whether it's more that creative problem solving becomes part of every aspect of work, whether you're solving a design problem or an HR problem uh, or a finance problem. I think there's there's a, a huge benefit to being able to think creatively and mm-hmm. um, what people call design thinking. So optimistically, I would like to think that designers and, and user experience designers can um, create the conditions and the context within which that kind of thinking can take place. Brilliant. It's a good answer. I'd like to think that could happen too. Thank you so much, James. No, thank you. For your thoughts. Brilliant. Cool. So um, if you want to hear more stuff like this or look at um, some of the photographs and interviews that I've done for Beyond Work, the website is thisisbeyondwork.com. Thank you for listening.